and welcome to the Urban Vibe podcast. I'm here today with Lo Stone, the director of the Creative Age, and Carl Lindbergh, the program chair for DMAC Theater. I'm so happy to have you guys here. Uh, if you could just introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about what brought you to DMAC and what you do here. Carl, we can start with you. Uh, okay, all right. So <laughs> my name is Carl Lindbergh. I am as you said, the program chair for DMAC Ankeny Theater. I'm also the interim district chair of humanities. I came to DMAC in 2017, January of 2017, and worked as an adjunct for a little bit at DMAC before starting full time. Uh, before coming to DMAC, I was a working actor in Chicago, and part of the way that I paid bills was through teaching. I was an adjunct professor at the College of DuPage and uh, in the theater department there. And I also taught some acting coursework at the Chicago Academy for the Arts, which is Chicago's only private performing arts high school um, on top of auditioning as an actor uh, with an agent for uh, stage, TV, and commercials. Okay. So um, what I've done is going to sound not so cool now. I came to DMAC in the fall of 2019 as a student. Uh, I am just finishing up my associate's degree and will be moving on, unfortunately, and also fortunately. Um, prior to coming, oh, and I, and I, yeah, prior to coming to DMAC, I worked in a corporate office for many, many years. I was a regional manager for a property management company and decided that I didn't like being in a suit every day and I wanted to do something that I enjoyed for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's why I came to DMAC and from there I found or refound my love of theater. And so that's what I'll be pursuing. Awesome. Uh, so The Creative Age is your show that's coming up here soon. It opens on May 1st. Could you guys tell me a little bit about what that show and what audiences can expect from it? Sure. Um, it's a show for young audiences so kind of uh, kindergarten through fifth grade but i really do believe that everybody is going to enjoy this show there's lots of physicality it's very funny uh it was written by carl Lindbergh, and uh there's an excellent cast and crew involved with this and and they're just doing everything that they can to just make this a really happy enjoyable time coming out of the this pandemic that we are all in we're just we're just going for the enjoyment of it all. Yeah, fun play. It's the goal is a fun play with, you know, some exploration of creativity, but not on a, a high level, just on a let's explore together. And there are bits in there that are constructed for the audience to engage with the play and the characters and the creativity aspect. So there's going to be some fun discoveries every performance, I think. That's awesome. Is there anything like unique or different about this show compared to what DMAC has done in the past? We've never really done a children's show before. There was a semester we did a production of You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, which, you know, we had young people attend, but this is, you know, the first play that, that DMAC has done since I've been at DMAC at least, and probably before, for a while before, that is really targeted for an audience of young people. But again, the tall people that drive them to, to the play, I think will enjoy the show as well. That's I mean, great. There's some other quirks. I don't know, Lo, if you how much you want to divulge. Well, um, it's, a, it's a group of, of six characters that are all quirky and wonderful and just 
a lot of fun. There's one that speaks by whistle and there's one that speaks by percussion and there's this this beautiful presenter who who is at the head of it all so um yeah there's some really cool stuff in the show and it's just it's a lot of fun to put together this kind of show carl Lowe mentioned that you wrote the play uh can you tell us a little bit about that process have you ever written a play for dmac before not for dmac i i will admit that i i, I don't plan on producing plays that I've written really very often. We, I adapt Shakespeare on campus, so I, I suppose the, the cuttings of Shakespeare that we've done on campus have, have been adapted by me, but that's mostly mostly cutting it. You know, we do add some concept that's really fun and contemporary and relevant to those Shakespeare's, but it's not, they're not big changes. Um, I've written some plays in the past. Most of them were pretty bad. Uh, maybe, maybe writing for younger audiences is um, a little freeing. But it's, it, you know, not, not my intent to produce things that I write. It just so happens that the pandemic has been a, a hard year. It's been a challenging year for creating theater. And, you know, we did a lot of really, really cool stuff online. And then we returned to live theater in the spring semester with a devised play, a play that was created by DMAC Ankeny Theater students, faculty and staff, not, not me at all, but Jody Jinks directed and led that and, and Lowe assistant directed and helped write. And there were five other students and two other staff members that created that original piece. And I was running out of time, frankly, to find something that worked really well outside. I wanted something really positive to share with the community. And I thought that, you know, giving students something to do in terms of seeing a performance and seeing theater in an outdoor venue that should be very safe for considering health and safety protocols. You know, I, I just was looking for a show for young audiences that would work well outside that would be different. You know, I always had mentors and faculty members that told me that, you know, if you can't find a play that does what you want it to do, then you might as well try to write one. And so I got to typing, you know, I drew from a lot of different inspirations. And I think that, I think this is fun. I think this play is, is unique and, and hits those notes that I was hoping it would. And, um, but hopefully I'm not producing anything I write anytime soon after this, if ever again, frankly. You mentioned that the show is going to be performed outside and obviously COVID has changed a lot about how theater works right now. So I'm just wondering how COVID has changed this production, both logistically and in your process of directing it low. So if you want to take that question and just tell us a little bit about that. Um, logistically, you know, when it, when it was brought to me, it was always going to be an outdoor performance um, just based on on what we have going on in the world right now. So I always knew it was going to be outdoors. There was a few conversations about where and how, and um, that was something that, that we had to figure out and to make sure that everybody was safe and that we were taking into account our Iowa weather, which we just never know what's going to happen. So, so it didn't change that portion of it. But I mean, every day that, that we rehearse, it's always something that is, is on our mind. We take temperatures, um, our actors are masked, our cast, our, our crew is masked. We do stay as distanced as possible from each other um, so that we can do this. And, you know, hopefully things will be great as of May <laughs> 1st, but we never know. So as of right now, we're all masked and being as safe as possible. That's great. This is your first experience directing at DMAC. Has it been what you expected? Is there anything new you've learned? 
Oh, yeah. There, you know, what's funny is um, I, I go to these classes and, and I listen and I take all these wonderful notes. And what I have noticed is that I have gone back over the last two years of all of my notes and uh, I started to put into practice some of the things that, that professors and directors have, have taught me. And, and I see, and it's just such a cool feeling. I, I see those, the cogs of the wheels start to come together and, and I see where I need to fix stuff and I see where I know that my gut is good on something. And, and that's just been such a great experience. And it's been a, a huge self-discovery for myself and a vindication that I'm in the right place right now. Does that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that awesome. Did I go maybe a little too much on that? No, that's awesome. <laughs> so I, I, you've mentioned that things are a little bit different with COVID, um, but have there been any benefits to putting this show on during COVID? Is there anything different you've discovered um, doing a show like this during a pandemic? What I what I think I've discovered, and and this also stems from from being in the in the actual space with everybody during 2020 bingo as well, um, is that, you know, people just really flock together. They want to be close together. And especially in a theater world, we all want to be seen and we all want to be heard and we just enjoy creating. <laughs> that sounds so goofy, but I think it's made everybody appreciate each other a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. So this isn't the first time that DMAC has been able to do a show during COVID. You guys have actually done a, a few, actually. Um, could you tell us a little bit about some of the other shows you've done this season and how those were adapted for the pandemic and how you kind of navigated through that process? Yeah, so March of last year, we were... We had, we had learned all of the music and we had a good portion of choreography taught and we had started blocking uh, our production of Guys and Dolls that was going to play in April of, of 2020. And so just over a year ago, we, we canceled that uh, partway through. I still need to return those scripts, however. Uh, but then uh, we had a summer Shakespeare planned that was a large cast. And so we had canceled that as well and replaced that show with uh, a radio play. You know, we were really sort of in the throes of who knows what's going to happen. And, and a radio play seemed like the safest way to continue to provide opportunities for audiences and actors and crew and, and everybody. So uh, Lowe actually assistant directed the radio play. We did a, a production of Willie Bo Dilly by Jamie McGann. And Jamie is a, a good friend of mine. So it was a, a good opportunity to contact a playwright that I knew that would, I knew would be flexible about, you know, how we discussed royalties and, and the processing for that. And, you know, moving the play from, you know, the traditional setup in terms of it's a play written for a stage and we needed to, to adapt it to a radio play. And it, it was already in four scenes. And so we released it sort of like a, a podcast, one episode per week was the goal but then the derecho hit so that delayed the 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 final scene of that show 2020 was a year it was a year so we did a radio play and then at the beginning of the fall semester we did two contemporary plays in repertory on zoom that was directed by katie kalinowski and so those were those were zoom plays they were technically staged readings but they had some technical elements and you couldn't really see the script so the, the production quality was pretty good you know pretty good for those considering they were readings of, of 
plays on Zoom. Uh, also that summer, we decided that we were going to do a Zoom play, but we didn't want to do a fully staged Zoom play that is a play meant for the stage. We wanted to play with the what we had, the technology that we were stuck in. I guess stuck is a negative way to say it, but we were stuck. You know, we, we really, DMAC was being extremely cautious and we're thankful for that. And we wanted to extend that, that, that safety, that health and safety. So Seth Kaltwasser uh, wrote Romeo and Internet. We brought in J.C. Clements, who's the casting director at Steppenwolf Theater Company in Chicago to direct, which, you know, again, the technology and the distance was not a, was not prohibitive of us being creative or bringing in a big name director. So uh, that was a benefit. Um, and that was a large cast. You know, we, we knew we had a lot of interest at that point still. And um, so that was a cast of 16. So we, over the course of 2020, the rest of that year, we got really creative. We used a lot of different technologies. Um, Krister Stranskov, our resident technical director, came up with a lot of things and figured out a lot of stuff. And, uh, and I should say briefly that Willie Bodilly and Romeo and Internet are both still available for viewing. They're both free, on demand. So if you go to our, our website, uh, DMAC, the, just the DMAC website and search theater uh, with the RE spelling, that'll bring you to our website. There's all that content is there. Um, also, so then we moved into the 2020 Bingo, which rehearsed on Zoom for a while and then rehearsed in person and performed in person with extreme health and safety. Uh, only five audience for social distancing, masks, temperature checks, the whole nine. We recorded that as well. So I'll, I'll say briefly that if you want to watch 2020 Bingo, you can email theater at dmac.edu, theater, T-H-E-A-T-R-E at dmac.edu. I will send you the link to 2020 Bingo if you want to watch that. So the other thing that I think is good about this year is we've really pushed for inclusive theater and accessibility you know, we're, we're really trying to make sure we come out of this really cognizant of uh, where we are and, and our practices and how those practices are most fair and equitable to all. So long story long, uh, we've been busy. We've kept busy and tried to continue to provide opportunities for, for entertainment and escape and culture and all that. Yeah, that's really awesome. I, you're kind of touched on this already, but have there been any surprises aside from like a global pandemic uh, in the past year of um, putting on shows this way that you weren't expecting that maybe were beneficial or maybe weren't? Um, yeah, I mean, just the ability to, to be safe. I, I mean, you know, Zoom is working really pretty effectively for acting classes. I'm, I'm, I've learned a whole bunch about what I can click and what I can't click and not just in Zoom, but in a lot of different technologies, you know, and I, I think you really can, you know, get a lot out of working this way. It's not perfect, but, you know, being able to bring in a big director, being able to do table work without, you know, using any gas money, we don't obviously are not paying our students to come and act. So, you know, being able to provide some rehearsals with table work or whatever, you know, there was a, a stretch of 2020 bingo where Lowe was able to assist and direct via Zoom and the cast was in the space. So there's flexibility there. I, I don't know that, you know, there's there's a lot of things that I think we're learning. And, and for me, it feels kind of like we're still kind of Zooming past trees. You know, it's I'm, we figure out Zoom, we figure out recording. Um, we have, you know, we've recorded some books on tape for the Diversity Commission 
uh, for some training sessions. And, and right now we're just doing a lot and working hard and we're really trying hard to keep moving forward. And I think once we get out of this and I'm able to sort of look back on the, all the trees that we're zooming by and see the forest that was all the trees, um, I think that that will be really insightful. But right now it's kind of like there's no forest through the trees. It's just all tree and we're, we're, we're just pushing forward and trying to keep creating and providing opportunities. So, um, you know, bringing in people has been great. Actors have gotten to work with two living playwrights. Um, I guess if we include all the, the playwrights of 2020 bingo, it's more, but you know, like produced playwrights in, in Seth Kaltwasser and Jamie McGann. Um, and then getting to work with, you know, JC as a director, you know, so there have been benefits and, and their work is really easily accessible for friends and family. My mom lives in California, for example. She, she doesn't spend the plane ticket to come see every play I work on. But she, so, you know, there are people who haven't gotten to see work of, of their peers, their friends or their family in a while. And, and being able to see things while it's online, I think is really cool too. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So you guys have both had opportunities to direct an assistant direct over Zoom and kind of working through COVID that way. Do you see any of those practices moving forward, even when things maybe start to go back to normal? Uh, are there benefits that you guys want to take with you? I, don't you think auditions are, I think we figured out at DMAC at least a, an effective way to do auditions via Zoom, don't you think, Lil? Yeah, I think so. Um, it, it really helps to be able to get everybody together in a, you know, at a certain time as far as scheduling goes, since you're not worried about everybody coming and going. So yeah, auditions. Um, I do think read-throughs, uh, initial table reads uh, have been great. Production, Production meetings. meetings. Yeah, those have been really nice um, because, you know, all the designers have, have a million things going on. And, and so it's real easy for us to jump in and, and do a quick hour-long meeting. I don't see that changing. And I think, you know, Carl, that's, I think you thought in the professional world, it would be the same. Yeah, I can imagine that it's a it's a fine line but you know i think self-taping auditions was starting to become pretty popular even like in 2016 before i left chicago every once in a while they I, I would be asked to tape an audition and then when i got to des moines in particular my agent here almost exclusively it's self-tapes you know I, I very rarely was going into in-person auditions um even pre-covid and i think that you know self-taping auditions will probably stay it's it you know, if you, for working actors, if you have like a, a day job or if you're a restaurant gig, whatever it is, when an audition comes up, if you can just tape it and submit it as opposed to having to miss work, I think that that's more equitable. So I, I hope that that stays. I mean, you still kind of need stuff, right? Like whether it's a ring light or a, a backdrop so that you have a good background or, you know, a, a quiet enough place or a podcast or to act in a class, you know, the surroundings of where you are is... Still a little tricky, but so I don't know if it's ideal or perfect just yet, but I hope that there's some, some equity in, in people who are early in their careers trying to balance making enough money to pay rent and getting to the important auditions they want to get to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So if DMAC students want to get involved in these awesome productions here, how do they go about doing that? Yeah, so... Social media, I feel like, is one of the easiest ways to keep up. I can update it more regularly than we can update the website. So at DMAC Theater, D-M-A-C-C Theater, T-H-E-A-T-R-E, -E, um, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Those are the social media uh, usernames. That's a, a really good way to keep up with what 
is going on for the, for the most part. Um, you're always welcome to email me uh, at theater at dmac.edu. Um, and then the website, the DMAC website, we, I try to get that as update, updated as frequently as possible. That's, uh, again, if you go to, to dmac.edu and search theater, that's the easiest way to find info there. Um, I highly recommend taking a class, you know, if, if you're kind of like, okay, you know, uh, I didn't know DMAC had theater, you know, take an intro to theater class, it'll count towards your core gen eds for humanities. You know, if you have electives and you want to explore acting, we have a really robust acting program. We have an acting certificate that will, will, will be added to the catalog in the fall. Acting for the camera, improvisational acting, performing Shakespeare. We have a, a lot of really cool acting classes that I think are a benefit. You know, as a working actor, I didn't, uh, I didn't have a big rake for all the cash money that I was, I was making. Uh, you know, it's, when you start out, there, there is a little bit of a, a, a networking curve, you know, getting to know people and going to a lot of auditions. So, you know, taking acting coursework where your student loan debt will match your early career earnings, I think is, is a real, a real bonus. And we've got some good articulation agreements with lots of uh, colleges in the state and, and we're adding more all the time. So, you know, it's a, it's a growing program with lots of opportunities. So really the best way to, to really check out the program is to take a class. Do students have to have experience in theater to participate at DMEC or can anyone do it? That's a really good question. Um, no. So you can ask almost anybody who's done a play at DMAC. A lot of them, they've never acted before. Uh, the, the presenter in the creative age, Katie, she, her first ever play was Willie Bodilly, was a radio play. And, and then she was in Romeo and Internet. So she, then she did a Zoom play. And now she's finally getting to do a play in person, at least. It's not even on a stage yet, um, you know, but she's, she's trending the right direction in terms of getting all that experience in various arenas. So, yeah, you know, we have lots of people that get involved with no experience. I, I'm, not, I'm not reading, nor are the rest of the faculty. We're not looking at, at your resume and saying, well, you have to have experience to get experience. We, we really are looking at everybody for... Um, for their presence, you know, the, their open-mindedness, the, the energy they bring to an audition or a class, um, you know, what, what they're contributing to the ensemble regardless of experience. And my hope is that DMAC is a, a bit of a playground where actors and directors in Lowe's case and um, hopefully playwrights and other people get a chance to, to show what they can contribute and then get a, an opportunity to work on it. Experience is the best teacher. I don't care uh, what my job title is or, or how good or bad I think I am at teaching, right? Like my, my goal with a lot of this is to make sure that I'm providing all students with an opportunity to, to experience theater because that's the best way to learn is to try and fail and, and pick up, you know, pick yourself up and try again and get better. So Lo, if we want to see the creative age, what do audience members have to do to make sure they're able to do that? Uh, I don't know. Are we going to take reservations or are we just going to ask? No reservations required. No yeah, reservations then. Um, May 1st and May 2nd, 2 o'clock and 4 o'clock. Uh, and May 8th and 9th, <laughs> uh, 2 o'clock and 4 o'clock each day. And a rain day the following weekend if if we need it. Hopefully we will not need it. Um, but it is... Uh, it's going to be located on the grounds kind of in between building two and three W, I believe. It's yeah. the we, call it, 
we call it the plaza on the Ankeny campus. So yeah, yeah, between buildings two and five is probably the easiest way to describe it. Uh, if you go to social media or the website, there the website doesn't have a map yet, but hopefully by the time this podcast hits the airwaves, there will be a map there. But uh, yeah, check out the map. There's a, a spot in the middle of campus, um, a cool location that Lo and the, the, the creative team have discovered to make use of that space out there. We're, we're building a set out there, so it will be pretty obvious where the play is. So yeah, just feel free to come on down. We encourage you to bring uh, a chair, a folding chair or a camping chair. If, if, you, if you've got one, if not, we'll have some available. Uh, we do encourage face masks, even though we'll be outside and you will be able to social distance and sit wherever you want. Um, you know, I think that that provides the most comfort and safety for everybody if you bring a, a face mask. And so March, uh, March, May 1st, 2nd, 8th and 9th at 2 and 4 p.m. So eight total performances. If one or two of those get rained out or windied out, then we have some backup dates. And again, that'll get communicated probably via social media, so an email. But come on down, bring the kids, be ready to have fun. What, we think, what, maybe it's going to be a 50-minute show, something like that, Lo? Yep, I think it's definitely less than an hour. Okay. Um, but it's, you know, it'll just be a great time. So everybody should just come out and just take a look at it, check it out, because you haven't been outside enough. I know I haven't. That's for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for talking to me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's fun. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you.